0: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. Hey, Chicago, I'm Justin Bull, and this is The Rundown. Today, we're bringing you Aaron's conversation with a prolific artist here in Chicago, one who you may not even realize it, but you've definitely seen his artwork. It's out in the streets, it's on the walls here at WBEZ and Vocalo. The artist's name is Scent Rock, and at the time Aaron spoke with him last year, he had a big exhibit of his art at the Elmhurst Art Museum. That exhibit has sadly come and gone, but how he talks about it and how he talks with Aaron about his most recognizable work helps paint the picture of who this artist is. I'll let Aaron take it from here.
1: If you've spent time in Pilsen or Logan Square, I mean, if you've been to certain places in New York or Detroit, you've probably seen a mural of a boy with a red bird mask. But you might not know much about the man behind the mural mask, so to speak. Well, allow me to make the introduction. Joseph Perez is a self-taught street artist and muralist. And from jump, his work has been steeped in story.
2: Because I feel like when I do one mural... I'm like, damn, I didn't really say all I wanted to say with this. So this (laughs) is just one piece of the puzzle. And then the next project I get, like, all right, I want to share this part of it and then this part. Okay. Yeah, so it's all like pieces to a bigger puzzle. Or it's like a a page to a larger chapter. And then with that chapter, there's a larger book or a larger, uh, you know, series of, of stories to be told.
1: One could say that the story starts with Scent Rock in West Phoenix, where he grew up. Since he's been in Chicago, though, his work has been adapted into coloring book illustrations, animated shorts, rugs, and action figures. And his most recent big project is a three-room exhibition at the Elmhurst Art Museum. I talked to Joseph about the elements of the story he tells with his murals, his paintings, and the exhibit. He started from the beginning, his early introduction to graffiti with those S drawings we all used to doodle at school. You know, the ones that start with the six lines.
2: As a kid, that's the first, like, graffiti s type, like, l- what I was introduced to. Like, yeah. when I seen graffiti, I was like, oh, this is so dope. And then when my friend taught me how to do that S, I was like, oh, this is, like, this is super gangster right here. This is what I like. <laughs> and so, you know, I always bring it back to that because that's where, like, the fundamentals of my art comes from. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like that childlike ambition to just be free with your art and expression. So, Shows, exhibitions, whatever projects I do, I always think about like you know the kid in me that that really appreciates those moments.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like you had that freedom when you were a kid?
2: Uh, no, nah, I <laughs> no, nah, I think that's why so much of it like comes out like in my art. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So when did you come to Chicago?
2: Maybe like twelve years ago now. Okay. Went to Columbia. Went for about two years, and dropped out. I was like, all right, I'm good. Like, you know, this is cool, but they want a lot of money and too much time. And I'd rather just make art and, you know, do my thing.
1: Yeah. Get paid to make art as yeah, exactly. to pay to make art. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Was that around a time that the City Saint developed?
2: Yeah, it's always been kind of like developing. Even when I got introduced to art through graffiti, it was like, I like drawing birds, like my little characters. Like I would write S-E-N-T, like my graffiti letters. And then I'll draw like little birds. And then, you know, I started getting invited to do murals. And then I was like, all right, let me share the story of like this character. I created it, you know, because moving here, I didn't have no family. I didn't have no friends. Mm. So I was like, let me create something that people can, you know, identify me with. So then people started seeing that character. And then I was able to be invited to different shows and projects, you know, because they're able to identify that signature, you know, bird mass.
1: Yeah. Tell me about the connection between the bird and freedom for you.
2: Like I said, like, since I was a kid, I've always wanted this idea of freedom. And I think a lot of that had to do with, uh, I guess, the environments that I grew up, you know, growing up in like any hood, you know, you kind of feel like you you don't have that freedom to just go outside and be a kid Mm because there's so much going on. And even with my family, facing, like, uh, stuff that comes with with those environments, such as, like, that street life, being incarcerated or anything like that.
1: You grew up in the city.
2: Yeah, basically. You know, I grew up in the hood. I grew up with my pops doing this thing out in the street. And so, like, as a kid, it was like, all right, I just want to be free, like, because I I didn't know how to find that. So art Mm -hmm. was that for me. So the bird represented that for me because it's such a simple character. You know, you go outside, everybody sees a bird. You don't necessarily get in, introduced to, like, the history of, like, my Aztec and Mayan indigenous roots, you know, until I get older. But as a kid, you see a bird, you're like, wow, that's that's dope. They go fly past all these barriers, little fences and wherever, you know, and it, I think I just grabbed onto that.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about, I don't know about the Aztec um, and Mayan connection there.
2: Uh, you know, I think, yeah, before, you know, Mexicans. We're all indigenous. That's where we come from, yeah. the Mayan or, or Aztec roots. And then, you know, when the Spaniards came and colonized, that's what created Mexican, the mestizo, which is basically the blend. But before that, we're all indigenous. And then, you know, that indigenous roots comes with so much of, like, mask characters, too. Oh, they use, okay. like, whether it's coyotes uh-huh. or eagles that symbolize things. You know, as a kid, you don't know that. But yes. as you get older, like, oh, I kind of see connections with my work and my, and my heritage.
1: Yeah. It's it's nice when you, you feel something that's kind of intuitive and then you right. see, you learn about it and you're right. like, wow, that actually is pretty resonant. Like right. it, it comes around full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, I, I hear you talking about your childhood a lot and, and kind of wanting that freedom that you eventually got through your art. Um, would you say that the boy with the bird mask mm-hmm. is a self-portrayal? Is it a self-portrait?
2: I want to say self-portrait, more of like a self-reflection mm. of my life and a lot of people that I grew up with, you know. A lot of it is very personal. Like, this is how I felt growing up. But I also know there's so many other kids that relate to that or mm. people that resonate with that. Like today, uh, someone DM'd me, hey, I've been incarcerated for so many years and I saw your mural in the uh, the Chicago Sun-Times. I forgot they did like a feature on me. And he's like, I cut it out and I have it in like just stared at it. And that's what like resonated for me as a kid is like my pops being incarcerated. I would like draw pictures, send it to you know mail it to him, and wow. he would like tell me like oh it's dope. He's sending me more art. So that's what like motivated me.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a double meaning or a double reflection because it's like there's a the bird that kind right. of represents freedom, but right. then the drawings themselves are like a connection to the outside as well.
2: Right. Yeah. And then so that's like you know with the character, it's like this little boy with a mask. It does reflect my childhood, but I know that so many people can, you know, resonate with it, that they can put themselves behind the mask, kind of. Mm.
1: Wow, that's really beautiful. That's that's a great, that's a great quote, oh, <laughs> great soundbite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you tell me how the installation came about?
2: Uh, the, the curators from the museum, Elmer's Art Museum, came to my studio. So, you know, it was about two years before the exhibition happened and I'm just letting them know what my art's about and you know John and Sarah shout out to them very nice people yeah um you know I think like months later they sent me an email like hey we want to extend a show opportunity this is our gallery spaces and I remember talking to my team and I was like that's dope they want to offer you know an exhibition space but I kind if I'm gonna do this I feel like I kind of want the whole museum like give me you know, as much as you can give me because I can do a show. You know, I could fill up a gallery. Yeah. I could fill up a room, but I needed something that's going to give me a bigger platform to share my story. Yeah. Like, you know, to just make a bigger impact.
1: Do you feel like you did that?
2: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I definitely did that. You know, there's always still room to grow. Like, you're you're always chasing that, like, that, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And I feel like I'm still... Like, all right, that felt good to do. That was a good challenge, good learning curves. Yeah. But I still feel like, all right, how can I, you know, push it to the next level?
1: Yeah. It's a great type of push. You know, you're you're searching for that. You know, I call it feeling satiated, you mm. know. Um, and I think as a creative person, you know, you're never going to really reach that point of being satiated, right? But um, What's the word, satiated? It. A full, satisfied.
2: Satiated, that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that one.
1: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. There's a lot of different things going on in the installation. Right. Uh, a lot of different mediums Right, um, portraying the story that you're telling. Um, I wonder for the parts that, you know, you did and painted, mm-hmm. um, where were they done? Where did you actually do the work?
2: All the work was created in my studio in Pilsen. Okay. You know, before the show, I was just in there like every day, just creating, developing but even before that, before I even started, like, working, it was just, let me come up with the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, you walk into the first room. I was like, all right, this is the introduction room. Yeah. You get introduced to, like, all right, here's a mural on the wall. Here's a painting of, like, this kid in his room. Kind of give you an introduction to, you mm-hmm. know, what you're going to see. The next space is, like, that the boy's house, the birdhouse. Um, then you go into the next space. That's, like, the outdoor space. The kid is on the floor mm. staring up at the sky. Yes. Um, and then you see, like, the paleta cart um, sculpture, and then you see the yeah. paintings. And then the the fourth space is you see the, you know, the full circle moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Were there times when you were like, oh, it, it may be better for me to paint this actually in the space?
2: I have did a lot at the museum just because I don't—my my studio is not that big for all of that. Okay. And I think the museum was like, all right, what's bro doing? Like— <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to paint this wall, guys. I'm going to weed paste these posters on the wall. Like, I'm going to go outside. I got to redo this. And I was just, like, literally in the front of the museum, like, painting stuff yeah. and, like, cutting stuff. And, you know, they were real supportive, but I'm pretty sure they're, like, uh, we don't typically do that. Because yeah. like, if you have been, you went to the museum, you've seen it's a beautiful building. The outside is nice. Like, you know, and I was just using it like it was my studio.
1: Yeah. In the installation, I've seen some lowriders. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if um, you know there's such a, a beautiful culture around those. And I wonder if you've been a part of that culture or where that came came from for you.
2: Yeah, lowrider bikes. Yeah, yeah.
1: distinguished because um, there's also the lowrider car culture. Car, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean they're all they're all together. Yeah, but you know, as a kid, he don't he don't have his license yet, so he don't <laughs> have no keys yet. Uh, but yeah, lower bikes. That's how I grew up too. Like okay. West Phoenix is very like you know you think West Coast, you think like L.A. like My grandfather has, like, a 1959 Impala. He was in a car club. Um, You know, my mom has a dope truck. You know, lowrider car is a part of, like, I consider myself Chicano, which is, like, Mexican that was born and raised in the United States, Mm -hmm. kind of that blend of of culture. And that's really big with us because it's, like, you know, sometimes we don't have a lot to fall back on, so we have our culture of, like, all right, but I got this dope car that I've you know, hooked up how I wanted to hook yeah. up. That's like, to me, that's that's also like art, you know. That's their own art form.
1: For sure, yeah. And so,
2: you know, having, I remember going to like car shows and seeing like the bikes, how people would hook them up and do their, on the side, like airbrush paintings and stuff. So that really inspired me.
1: A lot of your work outside of the museum, just mm-hmm. all the rest of your work almost, that you do original work is... Big canvases, right? Like walls, buildings. Um, And I wonder, you know, for the um, exhibit, you know, you you kind of zoomed in. You got small. You had some smaller canvases, and I wonder what that process was like for you to go from so big to those smaller canvases.
2: It was it wasn't that hard of a transition. I I typically work, you know, have to learn to work smaller.
1: So you're always kind of in between. The big and smaller space. Yeah, I feel like I
2: need that balance. Mm. Like, I'll do, you know, a large mural, and then I'm like, all right, I just want to sketch. And then I'll sketch for two weeks straight. Like, all right, it's time to work on some canvas. Mm. And, yeah, I feel like I'm having more, like, understanding of what I want to do with my work now.
1: Mm -hmm. What do you think brought you to that reflection point right now?
2: Uh, To be honest, I think just accomplishing, you know, certain goals, but then also, like, I started going to therapy, just kind of like help me understand, like why is my brain like thinking, you know, certain things. Yeah. And I think she's just been, you know, shout out to my therapist. She's just kind of even helping me think like, all right, there's a method where you can do this. It's called, she called it chunking, where you don't have to take one goal. Like, oh, like, all right, my goal is to create art for the museum. Like, no, break it down. Like today this week, mm. one one piece of my goal is to secure supplies. And sometimes... You know, growing up in certain environments, you feel like you just got to like get everything and you got to, you know, do as much as you can, grab as much as you can. And you feel like you're always working behind the eight ball, like you're always behind the clock. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, like, like, just take your time, do what you have to do, you know, value your small victories, value. And another thing, too, all right, not since we brought this up. Another yeah. thing, too, she taught me there's more value in your stories and your art than just outside of the trauma. You know, you don't have to just value trauma. Like, there's value in the work that you want to create. So I've been learning, too. Like, all right, maybe I just want to value the idea of, like, my character just being happy, you know, with his with his dog. Like, it <laughs> doesn't have to be, like, this whole underlining narrative of, like, social economics and, you know. And so I feel like I've been kind of, like, being able to find peace with that. Like, all right, let, let me breathe. Let my soul breathe a little bit.
1: Wow. Mm. That is so beautiful.
2: Yeah, I feel like I just went super deep, like,
1: no, that's that is so valuable. Um, yeah. I I think first of all, shout out to therapy. It'll take For you sure places. <laughs> yeah, it,
2: I just started maybe like six months ago, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is not what I thought it was. Oh. In in a you know in a good way.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. pleasantly surprised.
2: Yeah, pleasantly surprised. Cause, you know sometimes when you think about it on TV shows, you're sitting there, and you think that this person would like is judging you, and you have to like just open up. But uh-huh. really, it's just, let's just talk, let's, let's understand things. Allow me to self-reflect and understand things at my own pace.
1: Yeah. So I wonder about other collaborations that you've done. Um, I know you've, you've worked with toy companies, you've worked mm-hmm. with illustrators. What's a collaboration that's making you really excited right now?
2: There's been a couple. But one that I'm really excited about, just because... You know, moving to Chicago and being able to work with the Chicago legend has been, you know, an accomplishment, a, a goal for sure. Like, almost like a—like, you never feel like, oh, I made it, but you feel like, I, i right, I'm—like, this feels good. Yeah. So I'm working on a project with Lupe Fiasco right now. It's like art reflecting the art. Like, so he created a song, a track about my art, and then I took the track and I created an art piece based off of that that mm-hmm. song. Yeah, I guess it's very meta, or it's very like you know like it's <laughs> it's <levels>. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I'm like, yeah, that's very much him. Like, okay, and yeah. then even listening to the song, I'm like, hold on, let me rewind that back. What do you say? <laughs> oh yeah, that is what my art's about. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like,
0: he, 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 he wow. like dissected my art
2: more than like sometimes I am. I am able to. Cause sometimes yeah. as artists, you're just creating, like you're letting stuff off. And then you take somebody, you know, like a bit of a Fiasco who's teaching at MIT now, and he's able to break down, you know, certain things. Joseph
1: Perez, also known as Scent Rock, is a self-taught muralist and street artist. Joseph, thank you so much for being here.
0: Anytime. Thank
2: you.
0: What you're hearing right now is just a little bit of the Lupe Fiasco track titled Centrock. Check that out wherever you listen to music. And that's it for today. Sarah Stark and I produced The Rundown. Sam Deer also helped with this episode. Ariel Van Cleave is our editor. And our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us. It helps more people find The Rundown. I'm Justin Bull. Thanks for listening.